podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Good boys and girls, two-footed podcast on Tuesday, the 28th of June, brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. A virtual privacy network allows you to go online, change your location, access things you geoblock from, while also keeping your data safe. If you go to LibertyShield.com and use the code EPL25, that's EPL25, you'll get 25% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk. And finally, do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops, which you'll find on Etsy. Use the codes EPL10 or RED10 to get 10% off at checkout. Right, folks, we are finishing up our suggested transfers series today. We have Bournemouth, we have Fulham, and we have Nottingham Forest, the three newly promoted teams. So we'll kick off with Bournemouth. Now, I had them needing six players, a starting right back, a starting centre back, a starting right winger, a backup goalkeeper, a backup left back, and a backup central midfielder. In terms of overall numbers, it's the least of any of the clubs that have come up that I've suggested. It's also the least starters, only three. This is in part because they did have a strong team. They were able to hold on to a lot of their team when they went down. They've added some decent players in the time that they've been in the championship. And to be fair, they've always had decent young players around the club that they can call on. So they have made two moves already. Ryan Fredericks has arrived on a free transfer from West Ham. Now, I wouldn't be a Ryan Fredericks fan. I don't think he's a Premier League caliber right back, but he is in all likelihood going to be their starting right back next season. This past season, they had Ethan Laird in on loan from Manchester United. He only played seven times, six in the league, only four of them starts. So he wasn't getting a huge amount of run anyway. Adam Stacey made 20 starts and, sorry, Adam Smith made 20 starts and uh, Jack Stacey made 24 starts. So all things considered, they're probably going to run with Fredericks, Smith and Stacey as their right backs heading into this season. And if that's what they decide to do, that's what they decide to do. It's not as strong as you would ideally like in the Premier League, but if they're saving their money to do other things, then fair enough. I really like the addition of Rothwell. I suggested him as a potential signing for both Burnley, and then when they signed a player, I suggested him for Norwich. 
but Bournemouth beat everybody. And there was a couple of teams in from beat everybody to his signing. I think he's a good player. Now, I had them down as needing a backup central midfielder. He absolutely fills that void. He can play in any combination with the likes of Cook and Lerma and Billing and, and the others that are there. So good signing for them. So they need a starting centre-back, starting right-winger, a backup goalkeeper, and a backup left-back. Now, they do still have the two Premier League loans that they can look to, to, to use. They have, you would imagine, a decent amount of money to spend. Bournemouth are a fairly wealthy club in terms of who the owner is. So it may be a thing where they look to bring in a left-back on loan, as they did last year, and maybe hold off on that second loan until January in case they find themselves needing a little bit of help. I'm going to suggest Robert Dickey as the centre-back here. Do I have him? Unless I have him assigned elsewhere, and I don't believe that I do... don't believe I've sent him anywhere else. No, I haven't. I haven't. I've mentioned him a few times before. Oh, I did. I had him at Norwich. Never mind. Never mind. We can't use Rob Dickey then. Don't use the same player twice. Look, they had Nat Phillips in on loan. He did fairly well for them. He established a bit of a partnership with... Lloyd Kelly, he is aerially dominant, which helps. You'd imagine they're going to play a deepish block anyway, because that's what Scott Parker likes. And having that one front-footed, aerially dominant centre-back with Lloyd Kelly next to him, who can act as a sweeper, it's probably their best course of action. So we'll say Nat Phillips on a permanent deal from Liverpool. Uh, Starting right-winger... Now, they will get David Brooks back at some point this season. He's obviously coming off a season missed due to his cancer diagnosis, but he has gotten the all clear. He's expected to be part of preseason. He is out of contract, but all signs point to him signing a new deal at Bournemouth and sticking there. Uh, Really talented player and probably would be the starter here if it wasn't for the fact that he just missed a year. What they've done really well in the last few years, I think, is they've gone out and they've been more open to signing from abroad. I mean, you look at the the Dan Juma signing and how successful that was for them in terms of the money that they made back. And I, I do wonder if there's some scope for them to do something similar. Now, they could look at someone like, say, Noah Lang, from Club Bruges. Would he be interested in that move? I don't know. But he's certainly a very talented player who could make a lot of sense for them. If they're interested in spending a bit of money, I mean, there'll always be good wide options on the market. Could they look at maybe getting in Adama Traore. Would he be interested in that move? Again, I don't know whether he would be, but he's certainly somebody I could see working well in that system. What they could look to do is they could look to to use 
one of their loans here for Nicolas Pepe, who's very much on the outs at Arsenal. And while he's on big money and they'd need Arsenal to probably help them out there, he could be the type of higher-end talent that gives them the type of boost they'll need as a newly promoted team. And if he's on loan, you don't have that concern of what happens if we go down. Another option here, similar vein, a player they could look to bring in on loan, and this one might be a bit more realistic, is Callum Hudson-Odoi, who's desperately in need of a move away from Chelsea and has all the talent in the world, just needs a manager who trusts him and a run of games, needs to be allowed to play through poor games I would suggest trying Callum Hudson-Odoi on loan. I know he's on about 120 grand a week, but if Chelsea are willing to, say, pay half of that and you can get him in, maybe you can secure an option to buy, but that's neither here nor there. If you can get him in for a year, he could be a spectacular success for you. And if it doesn't work, he goes back to Chelsea and you haven't lost anything. I would say Callum Hudson-Odoi would be the best case scenario for Bournemouth in that type of area. Backup goalkeeper. I mean, backup goalkeepers are always a little bit of a, of a curate's egg because what do you do with them if they start making demands to play more often? You can only pick one goalkeeper at a time. But at the same time, you know, you've got a young goalkeeper in Mark Travers who is going to make mistakes. And do you want to have just that young goalkeeper to rely on who, if he makes errors, you're kind of stuck with keeping in the team? Or would you rather have somebody who can just drop into the team when needed and make a big difference? Now, there's not a great selection of experienced goalkeepers who are out of contract, but there are a couple who might just be of interest. And David Espina is one that strikes me as potentially the type of keeper you could bring in there. Joel Robles would be another. Loris Karius could be an option. The one I think I'd go for is Benoit Costil of Bordeaux. 34 years of age. He's been around a long, long time. He's been toiling somewhat at second-tier clubs for most of his career. When he was at Rennes, they weren't what we see of Rennes now. They hadn't taken that step forward in their recruitment. He was at Cannes, he was at Sedan, then Rennes. He's been at Bordeaux now for five years. He's currently without a club. I think they could do a lot worse than bringing in Benoit Costile on a free. And then at left back, I mean, they do have a good left back. It's not like a thing where they've got a big hole in the position. Zamora is a very, very talented player. 
And I thought last season he showed a really high level. He's only 22. The expectation is he'll play most of the games, I would imagine. But you do obviously want to bring in a good quality backup who can push him. And also with Zamora, he can play as a wing back so or, or a winger. So you can get some flexibility there. The left back I really like is called Harry Pickering, who's at Blackburn Rovers, and he's 23 now. He came from Crew. He was really impressive at Crew, and I thought he looked good at Blackburn before he got out, got the hamstring injury, and then he suffered a little bit in the back half of last season. I would be inclined to go for him. Because I don't see a downside in signing a player like him. At worst, he's a really good backup for Zamora. At best, he replaces Zamora and becomes your first choice. And you've got two really talented left backs then battling for a position for the next couple of years. So that's who I would look for in that left back position. I still don't like Ryan Fredericks as the right-back signing, I have to say. I, I get wanting a player with Premier League experience, but you, you could do a lot better. You really could do a lot better there. If it was me, I'd still be looking for a right-back. And I'd probably look at Isaiah Jones from Middlesbrough to bring him in. And you go Jones and Zamora or Pickering plus your centre-backs. I'm, I'm not in love with the Nat Phillips pick either, um, but he was there last year on loan, so continuity does help. I really like the idea of Hudson-Odoi there and what he could add to that team and what it could do for him to be the best player in the team. And... It's not like he'd be going there not knowing anybody. He was at Chelsea with Solanke. So he'd at least have somebody that he knows quite well. Uh, Solanke was a couple of years ahead of him, I think, in the Chelsea uh, Chelsea Academy, but they would be very familiar with each other. Um, I would look at, I would really like to see what Hudson-Odoi could do as the guy with everything running through him. Because I think he's super talented. I really do. I think he's absolutely outrageously talented. Anyway, we'll move on to Fulham. I've got them needing seven players, five of which are starters. A starting goalkeeper, starting right back, starting centre back, starting central midfielder, starting attacking midfielder, a backup left back and a backup attacking midfielder slash winger. So they were linked heavily with Strakosha. That seems to have gone a bit cold, but that's who I would bring in, especially on a Bosman. I think he's a very good goalkeeper. So Strakosha will be the keeper. Um, starting right back, I said this the other day, I, I'm surprised they're not back in for Nico Williams. But given that they're not, I'd look to bring Ole Aina back to the club. 
I think he'd be affordable. He's homegrown. He's been at the club before. He's he's a very good defender. I'd look for Ola Aina. Starting centre-back is to go next to Tosin. Now, they got Tosin from City because City were silly and let him leave. It looks like Chelsea might, might be about to be silly and let Levi Colwell leave, potentially on a permanent deal. But even on a loan, I would be looking to bring in Levi Colwell if he's available. If you can get him permanently, absolutely jump on that. Having Tosin and Colwell as a centre-back pairing to build with would be really, really special. Um, but a, a back four of Aina, Tosin, Colwell and Anthony Robinson, I think that's more than good enough in the Premier League. In central midfield, actually, I have an alteration to make. So when doing the Wolves one, I mentioned um, that they were obviously in talks for Joe Polina. It, If rumours are to be believed, he prefers the idea of moving to Fulham. So the other midfielder that Wolves are in for, who I had previously said would be my target for Man City was Matthias Nunes, but they're buying Calvin Phillips. So Matthias Nunes to Wolves, a bit more expensive than Paulinho, but really good fit next to Neves. Uh, and Joe Paulinho then would be the would be the uh, holding midfielder for Fulham or the, the central midfielder for Fulham. I think he'd fit really well there as well. He's a quality player. No matter who he joins, they're getting a very, very good player. Now, they're being linked with Andreas Pereira. And I think that's a good signing. I think it's a very talented player who needs a run of games. Again, needs the trust of a manager. He's someone that could potentially be excellent for them in that number 10 position. Again, backup left back is always a little bit of a of a difficult one to fill uh, because the type of players you would want are normally too good to be happy to sit on the bench. But as with as with I said with Bournemouth, it's nice to have competition there. It's nice to have players of a similar similar level who can compete for a starting position, especially if they're in and around the same age. Because if one of them really does pop and one of them really elevates themselves above the other, it can give you something you didn't previously have. It can give you a real option to have a quality player and a very sellable asset. The left back I would sign is Jamal Lewis from Newcastle who doesn't seem to have a future there at all and then a backup to play sort of across the front three or maybe maybe a starting left winger who can make De Cordova read and a backup and give you know a an extra bump to the starting team. You know, last season, 
it was Cabano. See, I do, to be fair, I do like Cabano. And Decred Overread's not bad. Decred Overread can play across the line. Cabano, if he's the starter, I do quite like that. See, Rodrigo Munez is the backup to Mitrovic. There's young Jay Stansfield there. Set in midfield once Paulini is in the door. I would say still look to bring someone in, even a second creator, a second playmaker type. Getting that player is obviously the issue because the ones you'd want could again be too good to sit on the bench or too expensive, flat out too expensive for, for Fulham because who knows how they're going to spend this summer with the way they've yo-yoed in recent years. Will they want to commit massive amounts of money if they're not going to be certain of, of survival in the division. You might as well swing for the fences. You know, you know who they could look at? Wilson. Cabano, Pereira, behind Mitrovic. No, he wouldn't fit. He wouldn't fit. Um, do you know who I'd go for? There's a kid at Bayer Leverkusen called Paulinho. He's Brazilian. And he hasn't really shown his best level at Leverkusen. He hasn't really been given enough opportunities to show his best level. But he's very, very talented and he's very versatile. He can play all across that line of three behind the striker. He's a really explosive player. Good dribbler, aggressive dribbler, likes to get himself in the box, bags and bags of energy. He's only 21, he'll be 22 next month. And with them having signed Adam Hlozek, having Musa Diaby, having the immense options they have in attack. He might be the one squeezed out. I would try for him. It's a bit of a gamble, but if you can get him on loan with an option to buy, there's no downside to it. So you get Strakosha, that sorts your goalkeeper. He's an upgrade on what we saw there last season, which was Roddick and Gassaniga. You get Ola Aina in, you get him and Kenny Tete as your as your right back. So that's a fairly strong competition there. Left back, you bring in Jamal Lewis. You get Jamal Lewis and Anthony Robinson. That's strong competition there. Bring in Levi Colwell. So you get Colwell and Tosin. Now, I do know if they've let Michael Hector and Alfie Mawson both leave. So they probably do need another centre-back on top of that. They probably will need some depth because if Tim Ream is the only depth you have, 
you don't really have any depth in the Premier League. Um, so I wonder, could they look to make a move for, I mean, would Eric Bailly be worth the gamble to bring him in? You could probably get him fairly cheap. I know his wages are high. Could you bring in Jason Denier, who's out of contract? Luis Felipe from Lazio's out of contract, though ideally better on the left where you've got Ream. You could bring in Jack Stevens. He's not great, but he's got Premier League experience at the very least. They could probably do it another centre back. Yeah, Mawson's gone and Michael Hector's gone. So they only have two senior centre backs at the club right now. You add Colwell, you need one more. I, I'd throw money at Jason Denier. I'd throw money at Jason Denier. I'm going to add a backup centre-back. He's on a Bosman. He's a good player. He has been in England before. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, isn't he a homegrown player? Wasn't he at City for like four years? He was owned by City from 2013 to 2018. So, yes, he would have had three years before he turned 21. So, to my to my understanding of it, he would class as a homegrown player. Um, he's a little bit error-prone, but he is a good player. So, I'd look to bring in Jason Denier. Uh, from Leon on a on a Bosman, and then we move on to Nottingham Forest. Uh, seven, I had six starters for them, and a backup. So I had a starting goalkeeper, starting centre back, two starting wing backs, starting central midfielder, starting attacking midfielder, and I said a backup striker. Now the logic here was. Steve Cook's not a Premier League caliber centre-back. He's fine for depth, but he's not good enough to start. Both wing-backs were in on loan. They had a central midfielder in on loan in James Garner, and their attacking midfielder was Zinkernagel, who was also in on loan. So they were looking to replace four loanees. And last season, they also had a striker in on loan, of course, when they brought in Keenan Davies from... or Keenan Davis from... Aston Villa. Now he's gone. They've bought Wani for 17 million or so. 17.5 million. Club record fee. He's coming to start. So that works fine. He's an upgrade on Surridge. You get him and Brennan Johnson with Surridge as your backup, or you could play all three together quite easily. But that's a good signing. I do like a Wani for them. So they've got one of their seven done. It looks like Dean Henderson will join them next. Uh, he's the one most strongly linked. By all accounts, the deal is quite close to a completion. And assuming that one gets done, then that solves that problem for them. And he's obviously a very good goalkeeper who's an upgrade on Bryce Samba, who frankly isn't all that good but thinks he's great um starting center back it's one for the middle you've got Warrell, you've got mckenna now they have been linked with a couple of others who could play the wide positions and 
one of Warren and McKenna could move central, but I keep them that way, and I buy Joe Roden. I think Joe Roden would be really good in that back three, in that central role. He hasn't gotten enough opportunities at Spurs, but I think he's a really good player. He's only 24. He was at Swansea under Steve Cooper. So Cooper knows him very well. And I think he makes a lot of sense. I would go Joe Roden. I think he solves that problem. And then you get him at 24. Joe Worrell, I think, is 25. Yeah, Joe Worrell is 25. And Scott McKenna is 26 or 27. Oh, he's 25 as well. So you've got three really good centre-backs that you can pair together for the long term and not have to worry yourself about that position. Be aerially dominant, be good in the ball, good flexibility. I think that solves that problem for them. Um, Starting left wing back, they did have Max Lowe on loan last season from Sheffield United, and he is a player I do like, and he's the player I'd love to bring in. You know what he's like. You know what he can do. I know they said he was gone and they weren't going to bring him back, but he could be a cheap option to bring in to fill that role. And you've got you've got quite a few needs, so I'd look to bring Max Lowe back. Not on loan. I'd look to buy him. Um. Right wing back, it looks like Nico Williams is going to be the one. So we'll just mark him down. He wouldn't be my choice, but they seem to be quite a way down the road on that. So that works perfectly fine there. Starting centre midfield is tough. You've got Ryan Yates. He's a very good player. You need to find a partner to play next to him. It's got to be someone that's good enough to start straight away. It's the likes of Ojeda. For me, not quite ready to play regularly in the Premier League. Decent squad player and can be developed across the season. Same with Tyrese Fornak, good young player, but, you know, not ready to play. Uh, Cafu is a squad player. Callback is a squad player. Zande Silva, more of an attack-minded player. He's been better off being used further forward. Um. Could you use your second Premier League loan here? Would there be, you know, this season's answer to Conor Gallagher sitting at one of the big clubs? It can't be Garner because you can't loan another one from Manchester United. So he's ruled out. I did consider Curtis Jones for them on a loan, but he's more, he'd be more of a 10 in their system. Um, so, I mean, would Chelsea lend you Billy Gilmore? Would he be
be the right one to bring in. He didn't look particularly great in the Premier League. Actually, has he gone somewhere for this current season? No, not yet. But he didn't look particularly great last season at Norwich. And I'd be a little bit worried about sending him to another newly promoted team if, if I was Chelsea. Hmm. I mean, City don't have anyone that you think they'd be willing to loan unless they'd be James McAtee. Will James McAtee be? It's too attack minded, isn't he? The one I'd really like there is is Javis Lager, but he's he's going to Leipzig, so uh, that doesn't work for them. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, that's one. Now, he is at City, but he's probably available, is Yanhel Herrera, Herrera um, who's... Actually, no, he's gone to Espanyol, isn't he? Let me see. Yanhel Herrera could be really interesting. Like, really, really interesting for them. City sold him. No, they didn't. What am I talking about? No, he is available on loan. He is available on loan. 24 years of age, huge potential, really aggressive player. Yanhel Herrera would be a lot of fun in that Forest team. Um, like I said, I've considered Curtis Jones for that attacking midfield role, but I do think, I think Liverpool probably will keep him, even though they probably should loan him. Um, the one I would go for is one that's owned by the by Olympiacos, the same guy who owns Olympiacos, owns Forest. Probably an easy deal to do. Agabu Kamara, the young attacking midfielder, the Ghanaian attacking midfielder, super talented. So Dean Henderson on loan, Joe Roden, Max Lowe, Nico Williams, Yanhel Herrera on loan, and Agabu Kamara on a permanent deal, you're probably looking at 55, 56 million for the group. Plus the, the loan fees wouldn't be massive. I don't even know if City charge a loan fee for Herrera, um, but you could get an option to buy on him. Maybe, you get, maybe you've got an option to buy on Henderson that hasn't been announced yet. But there's been talk that Forrest do have money to spend. And um, Zinkernagel if I'm not mistaken, has just signed for Olympiacos. Am I right in that? Yeah, he's just signed for Olympiacos. So maybe Kamara is available to bring over. There's been links from him, from him with him from, for Liverpool, uh, among others. If you couldn't get 
Herrera. Herrera be the toughest to get. Henderson, that looks done. Roden is an easy get. Lowe and Williams are easy gets. I think Kamara would be a fairly straightforward deal. Um, largely because you're talking to yourself when negotiating that deal as the owner. I'd go for a second, Ghanaian, if you can't get Herrera. I'd go Amadou Diawara, who's just sort of lost in the shuffle at Roma. And Mourinho doesn't seem to want to use him. But he's still a big talent. He's only 24, 25 next month. He might be an easier one to get. And you could probably buy him for around 10 million. That's what I would do. I'd actually go for him as a sitting midfielder. I think he'd make maybe a bit more sense. Herrera is a bit more dynamic, so if you want that, go Herrera. But Amadou Diawara could be an option either. Anyway, that is Forrest. Dean Henderson, Joe Roden, Max Lowe, Nico Williams, Yanhel Herrera or Amadou Diawara, and Agabu Kamara as your number 10. Um, works for me. I think that Forest team will be quite good. Fulham have the most to do. And Fulham are habitually slow in the transfer market. I think what Forest need is more straightforward. I think there's greater options for them in the positions they need. Like Maddie Camera could also be an option in that midfield role. Also at Olympiacos, uh, another very, very talented player, another Ghanaian, funnily enough. Um, but he's someone that could fit in really well. Twenty-five. Yeah, he's another one that could fit really well. A really powerful, dynamic midfield player. Bring all the Ghanaians. To Forest, bring them all. There's not many of them that are very good, but there's there's a handful. Nabi Keita obviously been the the best and best known of them, but Agabu Kamara, Amadou Diawara, they've also got Liax Moraby. They did Mariba. They do have a a very talented group of midfielders, uh, just not a whole lot outside of that. Diawara or Herrera for that midfield role, definitely the best fit. Anyway, we will leave it at that. We'll go for a break. When we come back, we will have the news and the gossip. I'll see you in a sec. Right, welcome back. So a couple of bits of news. Wayne Rooney's agent is being investigated for secretly paying Derby County wages. Um, Paul Stratford is cooperating with an FA investigation into a possible conflict of interest involving Chris Kirshner's failed takeover. Definitely a story to keep an eye on. But more importantly for Derby, the buyout by closed developments is moving closer to completion and hopefully Derby can put this very dark era behind them. Uh, John Percy has also reported that 
Tottenham have had a bid turned down for Richarlison, a bid of 20 million plus Steven Bergvine. Now, we know they're looking to sell Bergvine to Ajax, or Ajax are trying to buy him at the very least for in and around 25 million. So they might have looked at that and thought, well, this is a 45 million pound bid. I think Everton are going to want cash. I don't think they'll want players in exchange. But Richarlison to Tottenham does look like something that could happen. It wouldn't be how I'd spend my money, but you know, if you want to be disappointed, Richarlison's a, a good way to go. He will uh, he will always let you down is about the best way to look at Richarlison. Lots of promise, lots of potential, lots of talent, but um, very rarely does he deliver. Manchester United are edging closer to an agreement for Frankie de Jong, according to Sky Sports. Um, 56 million plus add-ons. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. He's a talented player, but he hasn't really kicked on at Ajax or at Barca at all. Similar to Matthias De Ligt, who we'll talk about in a second, he's very much stagnated since leaving and his off-ball work has just plummeted. One of the things Frankie used to do was a lot of work off the ball with pressing or whatever. You look at his numbers since he moved to Barcelona and they're awful. Um... It's a big risk for United to spend this much money on a central midfielder who doesn't really solve their issues. Their biggest issue is the lack of a holding midfielder, and that's not Frankie. Frankie needs to be played with a holding midfielder, with a ball winner. So while United are spending 60-odd million-plus add-ons to sign a midfielder, they're probably going to have to spend similar on another midfielder to do the dirty work for him, which is... It's a, it's a big expense in your midfield, but it's what happens when you ignore that area of the field as they have done for the last few years. Look at the signings Ole Gunnar Solskjaer made. Put them out into a 4-2-3-1 formation, which was his preferred formation, and look at what's missing. Look at what's missing from the players Ole signed. Gabriel Jesus is having his medical at Arsenal today before completing a £45 million move. He looks like he'll be the first of a few big departures from City. Um, Raheem Sterling potentially going to Chelsea. Chelsea also been linked with Alexander Zinchenko and Nathan Aki. Now, Aki, I can see the need for because they do need a left-sided centre-back, but they have Levi Colwell. And like I said, they may well do something really stupid and let him leave so that they can spend a load of money on Aki. Are they trying to become part of the City Football Group? Is that the purpose here? Because Nathan Aki's a fine player and obviously he was in their academy and knows the club and whatever else. But if he's going to cost you 40 plus million, you can do much, much better. Like, that type of money would probably enable you to buy Mark Gwehi back from Crystal Palace, who's substantially better than Aki and would be a better fit in your team than Aki. So I don't really understand what's going on at Chelsea at the minute, but nothing I hear is promising. If I was a Chelsea fan, I'd be quite concerned right now. 
over the players they've been linked with, the talk of Neymar, the talk of Cristiano. These are not the types of signings that a serious football club makes. The idea of letting Broya and Colwell go, signing back Aki. I mean, Zinchenko's a signing I would like. I think he's a very good player, can play left wing back, can play in midfield. So he would fit well there. But again, I, I don't really see the logic to it. When you could probably sign a similar level of player for less, a younger player that you could develop, you could give an opportunity to somebody from your academy. Ian Matson maybe, could get an opportunity to be the backup to Ben Chilwell. Sterling makes sense because he's really, really good. And he's going to be affordable because he's at a contract next summer. But outside of that, none of it makes sense. And the Matthias Delict thing, it sounds very much to me like they're being used to get him a better contract at Juventus. Delict doesn't really fit in a back three unless he's going to play the middle role. And if he plays the middle role, Thiago Silva can't play. Now, I would rather have Delict than Silva in 2022. But like Frankie, he hasn't developed since moving to Juventus. He hasn't kicked on at all. It's been quite disappointing to see what's happened with both of them who look like ready-made stars when they were leaving Ajax. Now, it may just be an environment thing. Juve's been a mess for the last few years. Barca's been a mess for the last few years. There's been multiple changes in terms of the coaches that they've had uh, in both of them. So it may just be that, that the instability of the club has affected the development. But is Chelsea the stable environment to put a new player into? A player who needs to develop? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Newcastle's move for Hugo Ekatiki has collapsed. It just seems like he didn't want the move or at least his agent didn't want him to make that move. Super talented. But it seems like it became a bit too much of a pain in the backside for Newcastle and they've decided to move on and look elsewhere to bring in a young attacker. And that's not necessarily a bad thing for them. Uh, Watford have called off their friendly against Qatar after complaints from supporters groups concerned about human rights. Uh, Rob Evans' side were due to face the World Cup hosts on the final day of a pre-season camp in Austria on the 10th of July. When the fixture was first announced, the Proud Hornets and women of Watford FC groups came out and said they were disappointed by the decision. Homosexuality is illegal in Qatar and there are strict anti- LGBTQ plus laws. The country has also been heavily criticised over its treatment of migrant workers building stadiums for the World Cup to be held later this year. After Watford cancelled this friendly, Qatar released a statement saying that they were no longer interested in playing the game. You can't break up with me, I'm breaking up with you, but I've already broken up with you, but no, I'm breaking up with you now. Very, very petulant from Qatar. And uh, I think Watford have done the right thing here. I really do. Um, A club who just won't do the right thing, Newcastle, 
who have released their new third kit, which is basically a Saudi Arabian kit. It is white with green trim, and it is basically a replica of the Saudi Arabian national team kit. Awful. Awful. You're not going to be able to continue to claim that you're not state-owned if this is the way you carry on. Uh, West Ham have completed the signing of Alphonse Ariola. I think it's a really good move. 29 years of age, in his best years, was really good for them last year when he played a far better keeper than Fabianski. I think this is a very, very good signing. You get him, you've got Agard, you need a left back, and then your defence is boxed off. Um, and then you need to sort out, obviously, defensive depth and whatever you need in attack. They've made an offer to Jesse Lingard. Personally, I wouldn't. I, he just, I just wouldn't. I wouldn't want him at my club, personally. Uh, former Manchester City captain Fernandinho has signed a two-year deal with Atletico Paranese, the club where he started his career. I think it's great that he's gone back there, and I wish him all the best. He's been a magnificent player in the Premier League, one of the best defensive midfielders the league has ever seen. We'll wrap up with the gossip then. Everton, oh, sorry, Tottenham want to sign both Richarlison and Anthony Gordon in a double deal from Everton. Chelsea are also interested in Richarlison. I have a hard time believing the Gordon part, and I definitely don't think he'd leave. Uh, Everton are not interested in selling Gordon, whose contract runs till 2025. Spurs are also firm favourites to land Clement Langley. I don't know why they'd want him. He's not good enough to play in the Champions League. Jude Bellingham will be Real Madrid's main transfer target next summer, although they will face competition from Chelsea and Liverpool. Having open talks with Manchester City about Raheem Sterling, Chelsea are also trying to sign Nathan Aki. That's from the Telegraph. Liverpool and Egypt Ford Sadio, or sorry, Liverpool and Egypt Ford Mo Salah is expected to leave at the end of the 22-23 season as a free agent. This is from the Mirror, so you can put it in the bin because they've got a bit as much insight as a blind person. Uh, Arsenal have submitted a £35 million offer for Ajax defender Lissandro Martinez and appear to be leading Manchester United in the race from They need him more than United need him. He makes more sense for Arsenal as a utility defender who can play centre-back and left-back positions they need cover in. United actually need a starter, and that's not him. Not at his height. Um, Manchester United hope to conclude deals for Frankie de Jong and Christian Eriksen, and then we'll shift focus to an attacker. I just don't know if they if they buy Ericsson and if they get Ericsson on free and get and get De Jong and you've got Bruno and you've got Donny Van de Beek. I mean, teams are going to run all over you, absolutely run all over you. And maybe they're happy for that to happen, but it will not end well. A deal for Anthony has now been thrown into doubt. With Ajax wanting seventy million, don't be silly. Um, Guy is telling me that there are reports from the Netherlands 
that Everton have made a, sim- a separate bid for Steven Bergvon. So maybe Everton want more cash. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe Everton want more cash on top of Bergvine. Now, it would be separate deals for accounting purposes, but maybe they view Bergvine as a 15 to 20 million pound player and Tottenham view him a bit higher. But I think they'll probably want 50 to 55 for Richarlison and they'd probably be happy enough then to pay 20, maybe 25 for Bergvine. So they end up with somewhere in the region of 30 million cash and the player. Um. I do like Bergwijn. It's it's weird to me that he's never gotten real opportunities at Spurs. Newcastle are set to complete a signing, the signing of Sven Botman. Uh, yeah, they've beaten AC Milan to his signature. So fair play. Uh, it's very clear his preference was Milan, but Newcastle are getting an excellent centre-back, and that's what the important thing is. AC Milan are considering a move for Hakim Zayic. That runs and runs. Uh, Christoph Galtier is close to being named as the new PSG boss with Maurizio Pochettino on the verge of leaving. Remember, he is still the manager and they have openly been trying to hire someone else. Barcelona will not improve their contract offer to Usman Dembele. I, I still think he's going to go to Chelsea. I still think he's going to do that, be that one of their flashy signings for the summer who probably ends up being a bit of a disaster, which is one of the reasons I think Callum Hudson-Odoi needs to get himself up and out of there. Um... Cardiff plan to launch a bid to sign Gareth Bale next summer after he opted for LAFC this week. River Plate are waiting for a response from Luis Suarez after making a proposal to him when his Atletico Madrid contract expired. Newly promoted Fulham are confident of wrapping up deals for Manor Solomon. I forgot they were trying to sign Manor Solomon. So you can remove... Paulinho from what I said Manor Solomon plays wide plays to the middle he makes a lot of sense they've been after him since January so yeah that one makes a lot of sense Juventus are prepared to pay Aaron Ramsey 4 million just to go away understandably and and finally Juventus have held talks with Roma over signing Nicolo Zaniolo. Um, I don't know that Roma will be open to a sale, personally. I really don't. They, they might be. They might be. I mean, you just don't know. But he was really important in Mourinho's team last season. So it would come as a bit of a shock if they did just turn around and sell him. Because he's going to be really hard to replace. Uh, that Salah story is written by someone like someone called Josh O'Brien who I've never heard of. So no disrespect, or maybe all disrespect, I'm not going to take any concern from that. Let's see. Um, Yeah, so 65 million euro plus add-ons would be the Frankie de Jong package. That's an awful lot of money for a player who's not been good for the last couple of years. Uh, Romelu Lukaku is set to fly to Milan tonight to sign up on loan with Inter for a year. Gabriel Jesus has completed his medical. That's good to know.
and that's it. That is it for today. We will leave it at that, folks. Uh, City also looking to sell Zach Steffen. Now, Zach Steffen, Nathan Aki, Gabriel Jesus, and Raheem Sterling. Interesting. That's interesting that they'd sell all of them. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.